This is the Dallas Morning News. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're elevating how Texas banks. Texas Capital Bank. Member FDIC. TexasCapitalBank.com. Welcome to Sports Day Cowboys, a podcast all about the Dallas Cowboys, brought to you by the Dallas Morning News. I'm Calvin Watkins. I'm Michael Gelkin. We're two Cowboys beat writers having a weekly real talk conversation about the latest with the team, including interviews, analysis, and debate. The Cowboys will have no worse than the fifth seed in the NFC playoffs following their Christmas Eve win over the Eagles. Up next... Nashville. Thursday's game doesn't mean much for the Titans, but the Cowboys need this win to keep their slim hopes alive for NFC East title. T.Y. Hilton made an immediate impact for the Cowboys against the Eagles. Is it sustainable? The defense has one sack now in its past three games. Micah Parsons, we saw on Tuesday, is dealing with a hand injury. Is it time to be concerned about this pass rush? And also, barring a total collapse from the Eagles, these final two games don't mean a whole lot. What matters most to us, Calvin? I really don't know. But as we get ready for Thursday night's game, we're going to talk to NBC5's Nui Scruggs. Sports Day Cowboys podcast is up next. You have a three-year plan and a 30-year plan. At Texas Capital Bank, we've transformed our bank to offer solutions that will grow with you. From enhanced treasury management and corporate banking to personal banking and wealth management, we're dedicated to delivering the full-service support you need to secure the growth and success of your business. All from a full-service financial firm founded and headquartered in Dallas, Texas. Texas Capital Bank. Member FDIC. TexasCapitalBank.com. Welcome back, Sports Day Cowboys. Calvin, we didn't see a whole lot from T.Y. Hilton against Philadelphia. He only played 12 snaps, and yet, kind of feel at the same time, we saw a lot from T.Y. Hilton. He converts a third and 30. Uh, that extends one drive that ended in a touchdown, and before that, he extended another that ended in a touchdown because of a fourth and eight holding that he drew against a very, very fine cornerback in Darius Slay. 12 snaps, obviously the starting point. We're going to see more of T.Y. Hilton. But what were your early impressions? I was very impressed with T.Y. Hilton. Um, I was a little surprised he didn't play the previous week when when the Cowboys were in Jacksonville. Um, And they said he just wasn't ready. So I said, okay, that's fine. But he made two big plays, as you you talked about. The first play, obviously, was that drawing a pass interference call on uh, Darius Slay. And then, obviously, the big one, the, the third and 30 or the third and forever, and when you look at that play, Dak Prescott is looking around for somebody. He goes, hmm, T.Y. Hilton is wide open. And he just threw it out there, and he caught it. And that was just an incredible play. Um, the funny thing about that is, you know, we were talking to CeeDee Lamb uh, at midweek about this. 
and C.D. Lamb wasn't on the field for that play. And Lamb said the next play was going to be a hurry-up if they got the first down. So Hilton makes the catch, and C.D. is like, I got to get on the field, I got to get on the field. <laughs> so he's running on the field, and he's he almost got on there too quick, he said, and he almost drew a flag because say he gets on the field and the play is kind of finishing up, then that's 12 men on the field, then they get flagged. And then, then he runs off the field and he goes back on the field. So that was kind of like a behind the scenes of the play. But I, I just think T.Y. Hilton has made an immediate impact. It kind of reminds me of when they traded for uh, Amari Cooper. Remember when they got Cooper from the Raiders? Boom, instant impact with Dak Prescott. And that's what this was here. I agreed. There's that instantaneous, oh, wow, that connection. You see it mm-hmm. right away. It is early. You know, we have to – watch and monitor how it develops um we'll talk a little bit later in this segment about what we're looking for these final two games but you know as a quick might as well hit it right now the chemistry between ty hilton and dak prescott is going to be a big part of these next couple of games and certainly this game in tennessee we don't know exactly what player usage is going to look like in the season finale against washington but you know that ty hilton is going to do more they really eased him in Worked him a lot in 13 personnel, one running back, three tight ends. He was the only wide receiver in the field during that sub package. But, um, you know, you just see his presence, his day to day uh, where he's just confident. You can see and appreciate the career that he's had up to this point. You can tell that none of this is too big for him. It's a different language, but it's still football and he knows football and that uh, confidence I think it helps when you're talking about a quarterback and Dak Prescott, who's meeting this receiver for the first time you trust. It's easier to trust a guy who trusts himself to make plays. And that is certain about T.Y. Hilton does not lack for confidence. Yeah. He's a professional and and that's what you want. You know, there's a baseball term when they say he's a professional hitter. Mm -hmm. That's what he does. He gets on base, puts the ball in play. That's T.Y. Hilton. He, He was getting ready. You know, it was funny he was talking about his dad who's like 61 years old throwing him passes, you know, as he was getting ready for the season. And he's, he's just, he came in shape. You know what I'm saying? He's ready. He's a, he's a pro. And that's what, that's what you like. And I think it's rubbed off on CD Lamb and Michael Gallup because they're picking his brand a lot too about, Hey, what do I do in, in certain defenses? How do I run this route? And the little nuances of, of route running and playing the game. That's what CD was saying at midweek about T Y Hilton. I think, I remember when the Cowboys were having this flirtation with Odell Beckham Jr. And Michael Gallup was saying, I can't wait to get Odell Beckham Jr. here because I can pick his brain because he's a vet. They got another vet in T.Y. Hilton, who's a little bit quieter than Odell. Might not go to the Mavericks game and sit courtside. He might sit in the suite. You know, he might sit on top of the scoreboard. I don't know. Maybe he'll go to a baseball game. I don't know. But T.Y. Hilton is a veteran guy. And I think not so much even on the field, but off the field, he's had an impact. And I want to ask you something about our boy, Michael Parsons. Yeah. Because he's, he's a little nicked up, Michael. He's a little nicked up. And uh, are you worried about him? Oh, gosh. That's a great question. Um, I don't think so. Um, when I look back at the, the game, I still saw him creating pressures. Um, I still saw him you know, being effective. And I still saw, certainly, offenses devoting the resources to him. I think I'll be worried about Michael Parsons. I'll probably pass the time of worrying is when offenses aren't worrying about Michael Parsons, but right, they're still cutting him. They're still double teaming him. They're still sliding protection his way, chipping him on the tight ends way out of the backfield. They're still doing all those things. So 
he's impacting the game just by being on the field, even if he's not 100%. He's not. He's not 100%. He hasn't been 100% for weeks now. I think the toll of playing defensive end and some of the punishment that he's gotten along the way, you see it a little bit. He's not quite as explosive, but he's still plenty of explosive enough to, one, command that attention, then two, when Gardner Minshew is running out of the pocket, albeit it's not Jalen Hurts, but still, you you trust that Micah Parsons is going to get there. So uh, I, I think there's legitimate questions about the Cowboys defense it seems like they turned a corner so to speak at cornerback with you know we saw Deron Bland mm-hmm. we saw mm-hmm. Deron Wright have the best game of his Cowboys career we're seeing some positive indicators but I think our attention still is on the secondary in that cornerback position opposite Trayvon Diggs um, that to me is a real question mark far more pressing than anything pertaining to number 11. I'm very surprised that he has played as much uh, defensive end. He's over 600 snaps. Um, <laughs> I, I've been really surprised by that number because I, I thought maybe at this time right now, maybe 400 snaps on, on the D line and he's got 600 snaps. And yeah, I know Anthony Barr and Lane Vanderush, they've been a fantastic duo. And, and yeah, you know, you, you want to utilize your guys in the best possible situations, but it's not like and, and Mike is in great shape, but he's a small defensive end. When you compare him to Demarcus Lawrence and Dorrance Armstrong, they're a little bit bigger, a little thicker than Micah. Mm-hmm. Mike is a big kid. We're not saying he's little, but in comparison to those other two defensive ends, he's a little smaller. And Dante Fowler, he's a little thicker up top. I think Micah, they should, I think they made a little bit of a mistake with Micah by playing him so much at edge because he's, he's, he's being worn down. You know, in the NBA, they have load management. They should have put some load management with Micah Parsons along the offensive line because you know what? You're going to need his behind in Tampa Bay in the first round of the playoffs. And if you get past that, you're going to need his behind in Philadelphia against Jalen Hurts. You don't need his ass doing anything against Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? It's like they overused him. They hit the B button too much. Now the B button is stuck. <laughs> you know? So, and, and, and I hate to be critical of this because Mike is just this beautiful player. But you got to think about the usage rate of some of these guys, no? Oh, no doubt. And the Cowboys do think about it. They do have conversations. They do monitor GPS and all those sorts of thresholds. But to your point, I remember last year around this time thinking aloud, probably said to you, oh, man, Mike is just so good at rushing the quarterback. It's a little strange they don't have him do it more. And now we're here and around the same time, it's, man, they're sure asking him to do that a whole lot. And now you see it. And so maybe, uh, maybe it's, I don't know what, I don't know. Maybe it's somewhere in between, maybe whatever it is, we can always kind of find a way. I I don't know the answer to it, but I think it's a, it speaks to Micah Parsons versatility that it's a conversation about how to use him and how much to use him because of one, his attitude where he wants to be on the field. He doesn't want to be taken out. And two, despite not being the biggest guy in the trenches, to your point, he doesn't have like 34-inch arms. You know, he's not able to keep offensive linemen off of him in, in, in that typical sense of you know lever length. But his hand usage is so good. Well, he's got a mm-hmm. hand injury right now. We'll see how that affects things. But his hand usage is so good. His understanding of leverage is so good. Just being like this youth, you know, national champion wrestler. I, I think you see some of the, his traits and his balance. He really keeps himself clean for a guy who gets as dirty as he as he does. And so I think however much punishment he is taking, he has taken, and it's something for the Cowboys to consider over these final couple of games 
you know, do you take more of a pocket of this series or that to give him a little bit more downtime? I think that's there, there would be a lot of validity to that approach. Uh, even, but again, it still could be a lot worse in terms of his load just because of the way Micah's attitude and his natural ability through wrestling and otherwise to just handle, you know, handle the punishment that comes with the sport. Mm-hmm. The next two weeks are going to be very interesting because Thursday night, you know, obviously at Nashville against the Titans, and then they close the season either on a Saturday or Sunday against Washington. And that game against Washington could mean something only to Washington. It, you know, but it could also mean something to the Cowboys if the Eagles lose to the Saints this week and all this kind of stuff. So how do you handle these next two weeks? Because we're talking about Micah Parsons and his usage rate. You know, Tony Pollard's got a little bit of a thigh issue. Um, the offensive line, you're trying to build continuity with that because you're moving Tyron Smith to right tackle, and you want him to build that chemistry with Zach Martin. So what do we do here with this? You know, you got T.Y. Hilton. He just showed up. Um, I'm sure this would be great to see Jalen Tolbert get some run, maybe in a Washington game if that game doesn't mean anything. Um, what do you do with all this? What do you? How do you manage this? Yeah, I think it's a balance. You want to make sure that you're protecting your football team in terms of health. Um, you, know, you want to take care of guys. I would be surprised, and we'll talk more next week about mm-hmm. exactly how deep we'll see players playing in Washington. Um, but I think it makes a lot of sense to see a lot of James Washington in Washington. You know, like really rest your guys and give guys the reps who, who need it the most. Um, so that's part of it when we cross that bridge. But I think over these final couple of games, you mentioned the continuity on the offensive line and getting Tyron Smith and Zach Martin and just that right side of the offensive line in a groove where they're not thinking about footwork or you know, the other commu- aspects of communication. Because Tyron Smith obviously knows offensive tackle, but just some of the intricacies of the position, when, given his whole world is mirrored from left tackle to right tackle, not to mention he missed more than three months of, of, of football time, just getting him back into the flow I think is important. It starts in Nashville uh, here on Thursday. Uh, that to me is, is a big part of it because the Cowboys talk a lot about wanting to run the football and being physical and all those sorts of things And in January when it matters most. Well, you've heard me talk a lot about Terrence Steele and what he means to this run game. If you're, if you're moving, if you're moving forward now, like you must, you know, Terrence Steele out for the season with ACL, he's already had the surgery. You're moving forward without him, whatever you can do to make sure that right side of, of the offensive line is clicking on inside zone runs on duo, you know, those bread and butter combination block style of running that the Cowboys did so well with Terrence Steele. That, to me, is key for these final two games. I'm, I'm not concerned about the line because they got veteran guys there, and, and I agree with you. Play these people. Play them out. And in the second half of the game against Washington, if it doesn't mean anything, then you sit the behinds down. But for right now, you got to play your people. I wouldn't mind seeing Connor McGovern play center in the Washington game on the back end, and I know we're a little bit ahead of ourselves here. But, you know, you got to try to figure out what to do in these two weeks because you got – Parsons nicked up, Pollard's nicked up. I wouldn't even mind seeing, um, you know, Cooper Rush again in that Washington game. So, uh, you know, I would like to see your boy Deron Bland get more snaps. He is a rookie and rookie corners in the playoffs. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! That that can be dangerous. So the more reps you're giving him, right? It is early for this conversation in some respect Mm because it's it's Titans week. But I promise you, Cowboys – having these conversations right now when discussing Tony Pollard's status with the thigh issue 
they're having these conversations. Everything is about now the playoffs. You're in. You're going to have no worse than the fifth seed. It's really hard to realistically feel that you've got a chance at being the number one seed, about being the NFC's champion. It requires you to win these final two games. It requires the Eagles to lose these final two games. Hard time seeing that. What I'm looking forward to, though, is talking a little business with Nui Scrubs. A longtime NBC5 sports anchor joins us next. You have a three-year plan and a 30-year plan. At Texas Capital Bank, we've transformed our bank to offer solutions that will grow with you. From enhanced treasury management and corporate banking to personal banking and wealth management, we're dedicated to delivering the full-service support you need to secure the growth and success of your business. All from a full-service financial firm founded and headquartered in Dallas, Texas. Texas Capital Bank. Member FDIC. TexasCapitalBank.com. Nui Scruggs of NBC5 here in Dallas has been a longtime sports anchor in our beautiful city. Scruggs has been all over the place. He covers the Cowboys, the Mavericks, TCU, the Stars, the Rangers, high schools, whatever you want covered, Nui's got you covered. He also does a wonderful podcast called The Players' Lounge on the Cowboys website where he has several former Cowboys players keeping it real about the Cowboys. And he's going to keep it real for us. Nui Scruggs, welcome to the show. My friends, my friends, I'm glad I could help you out today. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Now, tell us about this season, because me and Michael go back and forth with people about the season for the Cowboys. And are you surprised to see where they are right now? Yes. That first game against Tampa, which was on NBC5, you lose Dak Prescott. It looks like the ship is sinking. It's like, let's talk about the draft. Um, it didn't look good at all. And they go 4-1 and one with Cooper Rush. I don't think that gets talked about enough because the Cowboys are, you know, you're so many months past that. But you think about where Dallas was and how well Cooper Rush played. This is a guy they cut. And the final, you know, final cut down comes. Cooper Rush is cut by the Cowboys. And, and for him to perform the way he did, he made himself some money. Mike McCarthy at that press conference, you guys were both there. He was not panicking for him to keep this ship afloat the way he did. I don't think it gets talked about enough. So for them to beat 11 wins, didn't think it would happen before the season. I said they'd be a 9-8 and eight football team. So they've outperformed uh, what I thought they'd be. Nui, talking about how they have exceeded expectations, you touched upon the offense, Cooper Rush, the way they were able to weather that storm. Any other surprises for you that – have been a real difference to this 2022 season? Oh, boy. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong um, and, and, and Dante Fowler. And just there was so much made about, okay, you didn't sign Randy Gregory. And so they're like, you know, we'll, we'll throw more bodies at the position. And I don't think we trusted Dan Quinn enough. They threw more bodies at the position. Dorrance Armstrong with eight sacks. Uh, Dante Fowler's had sacks this year. Um, they were, and then you bring in the rookie Sam Williams, the guy that Dan Quinn scouted out at, at Ole Miss. Uh, the way they have continued to get better under Dan Quinn, when something has happened, he's always seemingly had an answer. So, so to me, I, I think that's something about this football team that doesn't get talked about enough. And if there is a smart NFL owner out there, they're going to go hire Dan Quinn to be their head coach in 2023. What about Kellen Moore? They're not going to hire Kellen Moore? Um, look, Kellen Moore based 
on how they hire in the National Football League should have a job. I look at Kevin O'Connell, who's done a really good job in Minnesota. I was skeptical mm-hmm. because he didn't call the plays with the Rams, I and mean, that's what Sean McVay does. And so he's done well. Um, the guy in Cincinnati, you know, Dak Taylor, who was the quarterback coach with the Rams, I mean, he got a job. Kellen Morris had more experience than him. Uh, Kevin Stefanski of Cleveland, you know, he did a nice job in Minnesota, but he had, his resume was, wasn't as thick as Kellen Moore. So based on what they hired today, when you look at Kellen Moore, young white male who calls plays, this guy should get a job. We'll see. He finished um, finished second for the Miami job last year. So uh, with the way the Cowboys are playing, a good performance in the playoffs, I can't imagine Kellen won't get enough interviews. He'll get several interviews, and maybe he closes the, uh, the deal this time around based on how these owners hire. Young white male, you said it out loud. I think let's let's just call it what it is. Um, and, and that's something I know the NFL is actively working through and, and trying to develop more candidates, uh, but are they, or is this just the lip service they give? Like the you know the little sticker on there, in racism on the helmet. Like, okay, it takes all of us. Okay, I think we. All, I think the NFL deserves all the doubt in the world. One hundred percent. They've they've yet to make meaningful inroads on this on this issue, and it's obviously a problem. Uh, you see it every year. Uh, the hiring cycles. You see it at the NFL owner meetings with the with a picture looks like when all the head coaches are together. It, it looks like something. Uh, that is not representative of the NFL today. And when, you, when I think back to that Denver joint practices, it's, it's, it's very vivid in my mind. It's, it's funny. You look back and, wow, we really did learn a lot about our football team that recover in that trip. And I remember Neville Gallimore wasn't able to finish the practice uh, conditioning or whatever it was, and, and he hasn't been able to have uh, as strong of a season as the Cowboys hoped. And I remember one of the last seen images I had walking off the field that day in Centennial, Colorado. It was Dan Quinn talking with an old friend, Russell Wilson. Mm. He said, excuse me, Michael, I got I to see an old friend. And then hugged and chatted up Russell Wilson. So we'll, we'll see if it goes full circle there. Uh, but, yeah, nonetheless, interesting times. I don't think anybody can fix uh, Russell Wilson. Maybe Dan Quinn can. But I, I want to ask you guys, both of you guys, something here. And, and maybe we're not smart enough to figure this out. But at one point this season, the Tennessee Titans were – a contender, one of the contenders in the AFC, they were seven and three at one point during their season. And then, and then this season got shot to hell. And now this is a game that I would say when the schedule came out, we said, this is going to be a hard game for the Dallas football Cowboys, because we were going to say, can they stop Derrick Henry in the running game? And can Ryan Tannehill be stopped and their defense and the Titans is just a physical team. And it's going to be Thursday night and it's going to be cold. And we're in Nashville and we're going to have hot chicken sandwiches. And now the game really doesn't mean anything. You know, what, what, what should we expect in this game? Newey and Michael, tell me, tell me something here. Cause I'm not confident that we're going to get anything good. Well, first off, don't trust the Cowboys. I, you know, we shouldn't do that. Um, Trust requires three things, time, proof, and consistency. So these AFC South uh, games this year, I call it the AFC South Invitational. These things have not <laughs> been as easy as I thought. You know, I thought, man, you know, you know, a couple straight games here, the AFC South Classic, you'll be okay. You'll gain some ground. Uh, it hasn't been that way. The Houston game, you, know, you had to go down the field, win it at the end. Jacksonville, you lost. Indianapolis put up a fight for a while, so maybe they don't have Derrick Henry. Uh, we know Tannehill's not playing. Uh, Vegas has him as a 10-point favorite. It, 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 we've we've seen it's going to be a challenge, but but 
I'm going to buy the Cowboys after Jacksonville when they said they're going to fix the mistakes. I just think that they're in a position now. You're getting ready to close out the season here. Uh, handle your business. Handle your business in Tennessee. And, and then, Michael, um, maybe you don't have to play anyone in Washington. Maybe you can heal some guys like a Micah Parsons and you don't have to play in Washington because everything may be set for where the Cowboys need to be and, and where, the, where they'll be seated in the playoffs. Knew you said something there and. I think part of the podcast, it's, it's, it's fun because hopefully by listeners participating and, and, and following along, they're able to learn not just more about the, the Cowboys, but more learn more about us, learn more about the players. And uh, you said take, handle business, something along those lines. And if you're comfortable talking about it, one of my favorite things that I know about you is that you are continually learning. And the example that you're setting through education that continues how you're able to, to balance it out and uh, if you're comfortable talking about yeah. um your 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 pursuit of your mba is that correct yes yes i'm in the executive mba program over at tcu started in august of 2022 and and truly what was the the toughest season of my life um it, it requires a lot of work uh but i'll say this for my three daughters to watch me go to school that you know Calvin, you know, having kids that that are older, it's one thing to talk about. Hey, you need to study. You need to do this. It's a different thing when they're seeing you do it. Hey, I'm not asking you to do anything that, that I'm not doing. I'm out here studying. I'm out here struggling in some topics. I'm out here having to, to work with, with different people in, in my groups, going to the professors to get help. So that, that part of it's been pretty, pre- pretty cool. I've learned a lot. I now understand budgets more. Um, understand accounting more things I needed to do, uh, negotiating. There's a lot of different great topics that I got that I took from the business law was an amazing class to take. Um, for a law professor, one of the things he said, never trust 12 idiots in a box. You don't want to go to trial at any time. He's like, that's my rule number three for you. Like, do not go to trial, <laughs> settle it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think about how many times we've seen so-and-so settled something here because, boy, at the end of the day, it's usually going to save you a lot of money. It costs you some money, but saving you in the end from a bad decision. So going going back to school was great. Look, I love television sports. It's what I always wanted to do since I was in fifth grade, 11 years old. But now, uh, 40 years later, my business is dying. So I needed to have a backup plan of what do I do. Um, and it's not a matter of, of if, it's when they come call me. You know, I'm not going to be one of these guys that gets to retire um, and get sent off like other people have in this business. They're going to come knock on my door and say, you know what? Uh, thank you very much, but we no longer need your services. So getting a degree here, I'll have some options. <laughs> yeah, if, if, you're, if your business is dying, then as we're in the newspaper business, we, we, our business must be damn near in the grave. Because, I mean, I, I think Calvin and I are going to be, uh, we'll be in the same fraternity. We'll maybe college roommates. We're going to get our undergrad degrees and something. We're going to figure some plans out, need some some business, some future planning. I think I'm gonna be. I think I'm gonna pick up about thirty more pounds, and I'm gonna work at the mall and be Santa Claus year round. I think I can get about twelve dollars an hour. What do you think? Uh, the mall. The mall's a dying business. Okay, the malls. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you gonna be? At? <laughs> well, I'm gonna be on the overpass trying to get some money. How about that? But I. But let's not turn this into a, a sad deal about our business because they always say, I remember 20 years ago, they said boxing was a dying business and, and boxing and guys are still fighting. The guys are in the, in the ring. 
still fight. And I, and I think our journalism industry is still fighting as well in the TV side and print side. But Nui, before we go, um, me and Nui always have these great conversations about certain players. And, and, and Michael and I have these have very similar conversations about different types of players. I want each of you to tell me something about how either great of a season Trayvon Diggs is having or he's having an average season or he's having a good season. And I want you to do the same thing about Micah Parsons. And the reason why I mentioned those two guys is because they each went to the Pro Bowl, but their seasons are so different in comparison to last year. I'll start first. All right, I took a, I took a business analytics class. We talk about regression. I'm excited about this. So, so here's Trayvon Diggs with 13 picks. Well, the analytics say the regression to the mean. You're going to come back to that. You know, you're not going to do that again. And he hasn't. And then what have other teams done? You know, people have gotten film. Okay, what can we do differently? How do we attack him? And and it's, it hasn't been as easy. Um, people are smart. Like, let's not go. I remember Taylor Heineke. Remember the game against Washington last year? It goes right at Diggs, right from the start. It gets picked off. And people mm-hmm. are doing that. You know, they're, they're not going to do that. So I, I think so many times you can become a victim of your career best season. And I'm imagining at the end of his career, we'll probably say, hey, you know what? Uh, 2021 was was your best year in terms of getting the football. But so many times we just look at the statistics. What else are they asking him to do? Um, Lord knows we saw what happened when Kelvin Joseph got a game against the Packers and Jacksonville. They ain't looking at digs. Where's number one? Find, find him. Find him. And you throw the ball over there. So, um, Diggs has been a consistent guy. He's a player you can trust. And I go back to what does trust require? Time, proof, and consistency. Diggs has shown you you can trust him as a corner. And there are not many guys like that in this league playing that position where your DC can say, you know what, I can trust seven. And to me, that's all I need to see. Here's a team that's going back to the playoffs. He's going back. Um, he handles his business. He's going to get a second contract. I've got zero issues with him. As far as Micah Parsons goes, I think Micah Parsons has had another outstanding year. He's just played a lot down defensively at the defensive end spot. I've not been one of those who've been like, hey, man, you need to have him rush in the pass for more. You need to do that. I'm like, this is hard. This is second year. It's hard. You guys at the press conference that Mike McCarthy talked about, you know, how that second year can, can take a toll on your body. And I, I have no issues with my, what Michael Parsons has done this year. This guy's a pure weapon. Um, you do the redraft again. What is he, number two or three in the draft, possibly? I have no issues with what Michael Parsons has done. These, these guys have both come and lived up to their part, in my mind, uh, of what they needed to do in 2022. You answered that so well. I don't know if I feel much of a need to elaborate in any way. And that negotiation class is really going well. You left nothing for me to say. Uh, but uh, no, I, I think Micah Parsons has been exceptional. Calvin and I talked at the very start of our podcast uh, series. Uh, you know, can Micah Parsons be someone who's thought of in that conversation as the number one defensive player in this league? And I think he's he's quickly earned. That distinction. I mean, he's right, right there with Nick Bosa for Defensive Player of the Year. You know, he could either he'll win it or he'll finish second for a second straight year. That's where he's inserted himself uh, this late in the year. But if anything, the Cowboys haven't tapped into his versatility quite as much as we saw last year. He's he's, he's rushing uh, more consistently, but I don't think you can really uh, you, you can't say enough about the physical uh, challenge he faces each and every week with the way he's cut the way that he's double teamed, the way he's chipped, and all these other things that offenses are doing to scheme up against him. And 
getting rid of the ball quickly before he can arrive. So I think at times it's been frustrating. It's been mentally and physically, but he's pushed through. He's got a hand issue, uh, but that won't slow him in terms of his availability on Thursday night. Uh, so, yeah, very impressed with him. And Trayvon Diggs coming off his worst game, I think, of the season, uh, you know, biting on that double move. But it's memorable when he gives up a big play like that because we just haven't seen that, to, to, to your point, Nui. So, uh, no, I think both of those players have been been sound in their, in their own way, building off of what they started last season. Before we go uh, with Nui here on a Sports Day Cowboys podcast, uh, Michael and I will give our playoff predictions in about a week or so, two weeks and whenever. Nui, we don't know when we'll see you again. So I want to know what you think about the Cowboys' playoff possibilities here. Give us your playoff outlook. Everybody knows what's on the line here. They're, you know, people want the Cowboys to make a deep run. We talk to the players. They want a deep run. Mike McCarthy and his staff know that people are expecting them to do more. I think Mike McCarthy's answered the bell so many times over. And when I hear people say, oh, if they lose in the first round, you got to fire the head coach. I'm like, let me see what mm. the context is. So they're going to face a, a NFC South team that's going to be a team that's – compromised is it um tampa bay carolina whoever they face the cowboys expected to beat that team and then the next week they're going to face a really tougher they're going to face a tougher opponent and people are going to look for the cowboys and say oh you should win or you should win in san francisco wherever you have to go it's going to be a challenge and they've got to go meet that challenge here but man what are we on year 26 of the letdown <laughs> So people want to talk about Super Bowl. I'm like, you know what? I'm old enough that I covered a Super Bowl team. I covered Jimmy's last year here. So I know what it looks like. Um, just just get in the tournament, see where you can go. Cincinnati showed us that last year. But they really got to handle their business in the first game. And wherever they go on the road for game number two is going to be a challenge. And if they can get past that, then, hey, let, let, let's see what happens here. But I know this, Mike McCarthy deserves to come back next year to me no matter what. Where's New? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I need a 20-second timeout. Where, where is Newy Scruggs? Who has kidnapped him? Hey, man, you know what? Uh, what's my man Parcells used to say? I reserve the right to change my mind. There you go. Okay. I'm going to okay. tell it like it is. If I can sit up here and criticize, I'm going to also give the man some praise. To win them as many games as he did without key players, the way he has done it, uh, this coaching staff is a good staff. You look at how many guys, young players, that have learned and gotten better here, draft picks have produced. That's coaching, man. That's coaching. And he and he may have two two assistant coaches become head coaches. And that shows development there as well. Mike McCarthy's done a good job. And if he's not coaching in Dallas next year, I'll tell you what, he'll be coaching somewhere else in the National Football League because the guy's really good. Okay. All right. There you no, go. I'm, I'm gonna hold you to it. <laughs> do that. Do that. Our thanks again to Newbie Scruggs for joining us. Is it always sunny in Philadelphia? Apparently that's a TV show, but <laughs> One thing for certain, it's seemingly always, at least the past two years, a critical moment. The sun beams through 18 Stadium glass, and it causes an issue for the Cowboys on third down. Is it a problem? Calvin, let's discuss it next. Hey, listeners. This is Damon Marks. I'm the Cowboys editor for the Dallas Morning News. That includes the Sports Day Cowboys podcast that you're listening to right now. What I love about this beat is the nonstop news cycle that is the Dallas Cowboys. But beyond that daily adrenaline rush, being able to reveal the human side of the players you watch on TV is a privilege. Calvin and Michael talk to these players each week to bring you the behind-the-scenes stories that you can't get anywhere else. If you want to support this good work, it's easy. Just subscribe to the Dallas Morning News and become a member. 
You'll find a special offer just for listeners at dallasnews.com slash listen. Michael, we don't necessarily disagree on a lot of things. I don't know if we agree on a lot of things neither. However, I think we agree on this. Is there a problem with the sun at AT&T Stadium? I mean, I, I can't believe we're talking about the sun, a place where you can get a suntan or you could feel nice and warm on a, on a cold day or just feel good about yourself walking outside and the sun hits your face. And now the sun is it a problem at AT&T Stadium. What do you think, Michael? I was wondering where the hell you where the hell you're going with that. Uh, <laughs> um, I think everyone who's listens to this is well aware of the two instances now where it's happened, uh, both in the 2022 calendar year. Uh, what they had the January 12 playoff loss against the San Francisco 49ers. There was a third down, third and twenty, early in the third quarter. Cedric Wilson runs like a comeback type route, looks back to the quarterback, cannot see the ball. He like ducks as the ball is approaching. It's just human reflex and Cowboys forced to punt. Every possession matters in a football game, certainly in a playoff game. Because of the sun, Cowboys weren't able to fully take advantage of their opportunity on that drive. Fast forward to Christmas Eve. Cowboys are in the red zone. Chance at a third down fade route. Offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, the route tree in this particular play, it involves Michael Gallup running to the back lift, pile onto the end zone, looks back to the quarterback. Again, can't see. He told me had no chance really at that play. It seemed like play defense when the ball was in the air rather than go up and get it. And the Cowboys were forced to settle with a short Brett Maher field goal. So you have a playoff game, third down, led to a punt. And you have a NFC East game, much anticipated against the Eagles. Stakes weren't quite what they were thought they would be. But nonetheless, a big game. And Cowboys cost themselves potentially four points. So in that sense, does it matter? I get, Yeah, but it's less about the sun mattering to me, Calvin, and more about the Cowboys' failure to recognize how to work around this little quirk in their own building. That's the problem. It, it should be a home field advantage where the other team doesn't know how to work around the sun. But right now, two straight times, it's been the Cowboys. Yeah, it, it is an interesting problem because people – will believe, hey, let's put curtains up at AT&T Stadium. And they have them. They have them, yeah, for certain events. And and I don't think Jean Jones wants curtains up in her building, okay, uh, for a football game. Uh, Jean Jones is Jerry's wife, if people don't know. Uh, but it seems that this problem is always happening to the home team and not to the visiting team. And And when Jerry Jones says on the radio, I'm not putting up curtains – the coaches need to figure this out. He's right. He's absolutely right. Like on that fade to that corner of the end zone, Kellen Moore should have coaches with him, either in the press box or on the sidelines, that says, hey, hey, um, why, why are we running that play? Because the sun's over there. How about we run the other side? The only sliver of the field that was playable was yes. where they sent Michael Gallup. Anywhere else would have been fine. Any other route would have been fine. Yes. Now – Look, it, it, things happen fast down there. They call the play, boom, let's go. We got to get going. And it's not, it's not a lot of time. So we, we understand that. But 
if Mike McCarthy knows all about the slithers of grass and wind currents and they got GPSs on players and they know how long a guy's supposed to miss a game when he tears a ligament in his knee, you damn sure should know where the sun is on the football field and you shouldn't be throwing passes in that direction. So this is on the coaches. There's nothing you could do about the sun. You know, you can't put a curtain up, all right? I mean, this is nothing you could do in these situations. To me, this is all on the coaches because you got to know where you are on the football field. You got to, it's just like when you kick a field goal and in pregame warmups, the kickers are kicking from both hash marks, they're kicking on both end zones. And during the game, uh, John Fossil will go to McCarthy and say, right hash mark, north end zone, we're no good. We can't do nothing there because of the wind or he missed all five of his kicks in pregame. So they have all this information in their heads. So why in the world are you throwing a fade roll to Michael Gallup in the sun? To me, this is an offseason project for the Cowboys. You think so? Yes. Well, one, there's probably not going to be another home game at AT&T Stadium or another afternoon game. So chances are, again, things could happen. We could be back at AT&T Stadium this year based on the way postseason goes. But no other games are scheduled in Arlington this year. So there's that. Two, I, I think you said something really important and poignant and worth reiterating here is that there is a lot going on on the field, on the sideline of these NFL games. Players, they're moving fast. You know, like T.Y. Hilton, 19.35 miles per hour on that deep ball. Uh, you know, other guys flying around. It's It's a lot. You're keeping track of in-game substitutions, in-game injuries, other communication, game planning. So I think it's a little unfair. I don't put this necessarily on Kellen Moore where he needs to know where the sun is at all times. That's a little off. But I do think the offseason project for the Cowboys is, one, what can we do to avoid this sort of thing so it doesn't happen for a third straight year where we're costing ourselves a third down at a critical moment or a critical game? And then, two, how can we use the sun to be our advantage. There are certain times where, okay, this Mike linebacker is staring at the sun as he's looking, you know, past the line of scrimmage at our backfield. Is there times where a certain play might make a sense in that sort of situation? Do you run across or behind him uh, with your ZY receiver? Or that to me is, is where it gets interesting is all right, this doesn't happen a whole lot. We play a lot on prime time or on the road and, and all of that. And so, uh, you know, we don't need to spend too much time right now here in late December, worried about this. But in the offseason, when there is a little more downtime, I think it's, it's it's a worthwhile project, a worthwhile conversation for the Cowboys to have is to really identify, is this something they can tap into and own as a quirk in their building that suits their interests and not their opponents? Because right now it's flip-flopped, and that's the problem. Michael, you're a baseball guy, right? To some level, yeah. I love the numbers. Yeah, you're a numbers guy. Yeah. Now – you know enough about baseball to know that every stadium, the infielders will say, I want it muddy, in, in, you know, on my infield dirt, especially if you you got a grass dirt surface because they want to slow the ground balls down. Or some infielders will say, I don't want it, I don't want you to mud it down because I, I want a, a quicker, faster ball that comes off the dirt because, you know, that's home field advantage stuff. You know what I'm saying? You know your field. You want that advantage because this is your field. Um, Ron Washington used to be the uh, Rangers manager many, 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 many moons ago. He was telling me when he was the infield coach with the Oakland A's 
that they had the best infield in baseball. And I said, Wash, that field, that stadium is a dump. And he said, no, the stadium might be a dump, but we had the best infield in baseball because we catered it to our specifications. I had guys that wanted um, the dirt on the infield to be muddy so because they weren't as good so we can take a slower ground ball. So they're taking advantage of their stadium. And the Cowboys are in, this, in a similar situation here, and I agree with you. If the Suns and the linebackers' eyes, let's take advantage of that. I agree with you. But let's not turn an advantage for us into a disadvantage for us. And that's my problem with all this. You got a million coaches in the, in the organization. A million coaches. They got an assistant head coach. They got analytics coaches. They got a guy holding the clipboard for McCarthy. They got another guy helping Quinn. They got an assistant D-line coach. They got passing game coordinators. All this jazz. And you mean to tell me, hey, there's like the sun over the helmet on the left side of the north end zone. Kellen, we can't throw over there. Okay, let's go to the right side. Let's run the ball. I mean, that this is coaching. I'm not saying you got to fire anybody. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying this is a coaching issue. You got to know what's going on in your field. Jerry is correct. It doesn't happen to the other team. Okay? doesn't happen to anybody else. <laughs> this day has been built. I, 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 Tom Coughlin was the head coach with the Giants. That's how long this day has been up. He never had that problem. You know what I'm saying? How many coaches have coached the Washington Commanders? Ten. Those guys never had a problem. Andy Reid is coaching this building. Doug Peterson's coaching this building. Nick Sirianni's coaching. Three different Eagles coaches. They've never had a problem with this. So all of a sudden, the Dallas Football Cowboys have a problem with this. It's that Wade Phillips had an issue with this, I think, years ago. Jason Garrett's had an issue with this. And now Mike McCarthy's had an issue. Come on, bro. <laughs> a project for the offseason. Calvin, you and I agree. That gives us great exit velocity with which to end our podcast love those baseball stats <laughs> no problem thank you everyone for for joining sports at cowboys the show is produced by damon marks and you can stay up to date on every episode by following sports day cowboys wherever you get your audio including apple Podcasts and spotify you can also find links to everything we do at dallasnews.com slash listen and you also find a special membership offer there just for listeners and we also want to hear more from you. That's right, you. So email us your questions, comments, and voice memos at dmncowboys at dallasnews.com. You can also ping us directly on Twitter at dmn underscore cowboys and on Facebook at Cowboys Fan Central. Whew. For the news, I'm Calvin Watkins. And I'm Michael Gelkin. We will see you next week. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.